fantastic conference. David Hall was our guest speaker. Uh, I love David because his heart is for the Lord, and his heart is really about the Holy Spirit. And last week, I just want to give you a testimony. Um, in the 8 o'clock service, um, I was over in the corner kind of praying to myself, and I looked over and saw a guy. I can't remember if he was in this, this aisle or this aisle. And in my heart, I felt like the Lord said he was a bass player. Now, you're in that moment where do I go make a fool of myself and ask a guy if he's a bass player or not? And I went ahead and made the decision I need to find out if this guy is a bass player. So I walked over and I said, listen, I said, do you play an instrument? And he went, and I'm like, oh, crud, I just missed it. And then, he, then, he, then I said, have you ever wanted to play an instrument? And he was like, yeah. And I said, I feel like the Lord is saying you're a bass player. Okay? So that was it. And then I preached. Well, I talked to him this week. And he said, I, I said, Have you, do you play an instrument? He said, no. Uh, and I said, what do you want to play? He says, I want to play bass. He said, um, my brother played bass, so when you were talking to me, I, and he was sitting right next to me, I thought you were talking to my brother about being a bass player. All my life and ever since high school, I have wanted to learn how to play the bass. And God was speaking to him, telling him, now is the time to learn how to play the bass. And the reason why I tell you that, listen, the reason why I tell you that is not, is not about the gift. It's about the fact that God wants you to step into what you're called to do and to be. And the Holy Spirit plays a huge role in that in revealing who Christ is, but also helping you discover your destiny, your talent, your abilities, your gifts, and the things that are locked inside of your heart. And so when we introduce David Hall, he loves the Holy Spirit, loves talking about the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, he has done a tremendous service and is leaving such a powerful deposit here in our church, in our young people. And he's going to do the same for you guys today. He is from, uh, he has a, a pastorate in Adelaide, Australia. Um, he has a, a very strange accent. Uh, Everybody do this, because I, I think this just determines how cool he sounds. Uh, I need you to say awesome. Now I need you to be Aussie and say awesome. Which one's better? Awesome. So if you would, honor the man of God and our friend, David Hall. Thanks, bro. You're awesome. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give Jesus a shout of praise for just a minute. Oh, man. Are you happy this morning? Is anyone glad they're saved? No one wants their money back? No, well, you're not going to get it anyway. Uh, we've already spent it. But I tell you, I am so excited to be here in Omaha, Nebraska. What a great city. I mean, or, or I'm, I've also been to the city of Aksarban. That's a weird place. That's a weird name, eh? <laughs> you know, but, but can I tell you, I, I love this city. I've had a great time. I've had a few days here and, and been able to just get to know a lot of your team and, and uh, minister to the teenagers and the young adults here. And, and we've just had a great time in the Holy Spirit. And I've just been so grateful to be here. So I just want to 
honor your pastors and uh, Pastor Walt and Pastor Kerry and say thank you so much for having me today. It's been my honor to be here and I just love this church. I feel like I've just made a whole lot of new friends. Uh, whether you like it or not, we're friends. And uh, like Forrest and Jenny, peas and carrots, you know, it's, it's awesome. But I feel like, God, can I say, well, this is true. I've been in the last two services. This is the most attractive crowd. You, you smell better, you look better. Even those of you that only came to this service because you're hungover from the, the night before. And so, I'm kidding. I'm just joking. Just, that's only just some of the pastoral stuff, but that's okay. But it is, it is so good to see you and, and be here. I've got a, a wife back home by the name of Donna, and, uh, and we've got two little boys, James, who is three, a little bit demon-possessed, and uh, pray for us, please, uh, please. And, uh, and I've got a little boy called Samuel. Now, James is demon-possessed. He's just a rat bag. But we got little Sammy as well. He's just a champion, and, and I miss him. So we, I'm go, I've been in America for five days. I've Started preaching in Los Angeles on Wednesday night. Uh, Thursday night, I spoke at a pastor's conference in Houston. I've been here Friday, Saturday, and this morning. Tomorrow, I head to Dallas, Texas. But it is such an honor to be with you, and, and it really is my privilege to be in Omaha. I've never been in Nebraska before. Uh, I'm told that I'm the first Australian to ever come to Omaha, ever. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking around this room, and there are people from all nations. This is the United Nations right here. And uh, I'm just... I'm just trying to figure out if, anyone, if anyone's come from further than Australia. Has anyone come from further than Australia? Give me a wave. Canada is not further than Australia. Uh, neither is Iowa, uh, although it is another country. And uh, oh, it's good to, good to see everybody today. Are you happy? You ready for the word? Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Ephesians. My Bible was cheap, didn't come complete, but it was six bucks, eBay. And let's have a look at verse number 14. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. How many know that we are living in some pretty crazy days? How many know that the hope for America... uh, and I'm not giving political commentary, but the hope of the world is not politics. It's not a man. Uh, it's the man. It's Jesus. And uh, the hope for it, somebody said, like, I don't know about you, but I heard somebody say, uh, we need a revival for survival. And uh, I, I really do believe that the greatest hope of the world is a move of God's spirit. And uh, in Australia, in America, in Europe, in Africa, in Asia, in South America, North America, I believe what this world needs is an outpouring of God's spirit from the White House to the crack house. From the prison house to the schoolhouse, man, let's believe that God's going to touch America once again with revival. And why not start in Omaha? Anyway, fair enough. Some of you are like, nah, give it to Lincoln, they need it. Uh, He says in verse 18, and do not be drunk with wine. Somebody say with wine. They're basically saying, it's not really telling you not to get drunk, it's just telling you what you can and can't get drunk with. I think that's what he's saying. <laughs> I see a lady nudging her husband. Told you. <laughs> he says, but be filled. Somebody say, be filled. With the Spirit. Speaking to, another, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart. 
to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to talk for just a few minutes this morning. Uh, actually, this afternoon, we're two minutes in. It was a good morning, but now we're into the next part of the day. And lunch is calling. I know some of you want to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, so I will not keep you. And, uh, but I want to have a look at the idea of having a personal revival. Having a personal revival. Maybe you're in this place and you've been on fire for God in days gone by, but maybe the, the fire's just, just flickering a little lighter than it used to. Or maybe you used to be that guy in church and it'd shout or, you know, you'd pray, you'd look for any opportunity to just touch heaven. And maybe you've just, maybe the fire's just not as alive as it has been, and I'm not trying to condemn you. We all go through times where we're on fire and then times where life just becomes a bit of a battle. But, but what I am wanting to say to us today is that often we pray for revival like it's this, uh, this external thing that will come upon the church and everything's going to be amazing. And I believe God can do those things, but I'm much more committed to revival starting within me. I'm, I'm much more committed to revival being something I carry. I, I want to have a revival myself, man. I want to I be like a new Christian all over again. I, I, I don't want to be like an old, stuffy, grumpy Christian, you know, that walks around, yes, my father can play dominoes better than your father can. I want to I be Holy Ghost filled, you know, and Alive with the fire of God. You know, walk around with my right leg going like that every now and then. You know? I've been around some Christians. like It's almost, the fire's gone out. And you, wanna, you just want to light a match and set them up. Not literally. Uh, that's illegal. Uh, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. But you want to you light a fire in their spirit and believe that God's going to do something in their world. And when Paul is writing to the church and saying, be filled with the Spirit, you know, it's quite important that we understand that he's not actually writing to your local kind of, uh, and I'm not being unkind, I love the church in all of its styles and ways and different things, but you know, there's some churches that don't worship, well, I nearly fell, uh, it was the Holy Ghost, it's okay, but there was no catcher, so I had to stand up, no modesty cloth either, so, but do you know, some churches don't worship like we worship. No, some churches are traditional, you know. And, and they don't believe in speaking in tongues and, you know, carrying on like a pork chop in the house of God. I'm all, in, all into carrying on like a pork chop, you know. But you go into some of these kind of churches and they're great churches. And so when we think of being filled with the Spirit, we think that the Bible's really talking to them because we have the Spirit. You know, we're the Pentecostals, you know. But do you know, the church at Ephesus that Paul's writing to was a Spirit-filled, Spirit-empowered, Holy Ghost-filled church where they spoke in tongues, they, 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 they moved in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, you read in Acts 19 when that church began, the church was planted in the power of God. Paul laid hands on some people. In Acts 19, did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? They said, we didn't know we could. He laid his hands on them. They spoke in tongues. They prophesied. They were filled with the Spirit. A mighty revival started in that city. And then Timothy became the senior pastor. And Paul reminds him, he says, hey, Timothy, I remind you, stir up the gift that's in you, which you received through the laying on of my hands. It was a Spirit-empowered, Holy Ghost-filled, laying on of hands gifts of the Spirit Church, and Paul's writing to that church. So it's not writing to the first church of the frigid air where many are cold and a few are frozen. He's, he's, I've been to a church like that. In fact, I preached in one recently and a guy died in the back row. The undertaker had to carry out 16 people before they found the right one. It goes downhill each service, by the way, just letting you know that. <laughs> and so... 
And so he's writing to a church like ours, like this one. My church is just like this. Just a good, balanced, spirit-filled church. But he's writing to a church like that and saying, hey, I want to remind you, be filled with the Spirit of God. Just let that anointing of God get on you again. Uh, you know, he's also saying when he says be filled, it actually means to be being continually filled. Sometimes we got, some of you might have got filled with the Holy Ghost on Noah's Ark, you know. But God wants to fill you today, afresh with the anointing of God, fresh with the power of heaven, a fresh touch today. You know, being filled with the Spirit is a recognizable condition. Being filled with the Spirit is a recognizable condition. You cannot be filled with the Spirit and not know that you've been filled with the Spirit. And you cannot be filled with the Spirit and other people not know that you've been filled with the Spirit. Can I, can I just say, if I hopped on the I-80, you've got the I-80, is that right? Here in, 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 in Nebraska. If I, if I went and stood in that thing and waited for an 18-wheeler like a Mack truck, and I stood in front of the Mack truck and just let it run me over, let me tell you, if you get hit by a Mack truck, it's like getting hit by the Holy Ghost. If you get hit by a Mack truck, you know. You know you've been hit by a Mack truck. Because when you get up, or should I say, if you get up, <laughs> you walk different. <laughs> you, the way you talk changes. You get home to your wife and she says, baby, there's something different about you. Yeah, honey, I was just standing on the I-80. I got hit by a Mack truck. I'm never going to be the same again. <laughs> Something's changed. Something's changed. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, man. Am I, do I have any, even closet crazy charismatics in here that know what I, you, you, you get filled. I mean, you tell me in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when fire comes from heaven. I mean, their heads are literally on fire. On fire. They were very badly burnt, some of them. So where are those hair products? Highly flammable. They're speaking in tongues. They're drunk in the Holy Spirit. That's all happening. There was no doubt that heaven visited that room that day. I pray that you would know without a shadow of a doubt that you, every person in this place, has come in contact with the supernatural power of God so you can truly know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You know, the touch of God is actually quite something. When you get touched by God, like we think it's all nice, you lift your hands, you get the goosebumps. and <laughs> you know, But, but can, I, can I tell you, the touch of God in the Old Testament was quite dangerous. You ever hear of, hear, hear of a guy called Isaiah? One day Isaiah, I say Isaiah because of where I come from. So Isaiah is minding his own business. And an angel comes in with a coal from the altar of heaven. <laughs> Incidentally, it was so hot that the angel didn't want to touch it. He carried it with tongs. It's actually the first time we hear about speaking in tongs in the whole Bible. I apologize for that. That's stupid. <laughs> so the angel <laughs> and just gets the tongs with a hot burning coal from the altar of heaven, which is a hot altar, and just sticks it on his mouth, burning him forever, giving him a speech impediment for the rest of his life. How was church, Isaiah? It was fantastic. <laughs> I'm never going to be the same again. Jacob, minding his own business, wrestling with God, in intercession, crying out to God, what does God do? Yeah, I'll touch it. He breaks his hip. <laughs> breaks his hip. How was church, Jacob? Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> the Apostle Paul, 
mind, well, not minding his own business, he was causing some trouble. The Bible says a light shines from heaven, knocks him to the ground. He gets up blind. Blind. How was, how was church? Fantastic. Can't see a thing. <laughs> blind. I mean, we think I once, I once was lost, but now I'm found was blind, but now I see. Not Paul here to see. I could see, but now I'm blind. <laughs> It was so powerful that his name was Saul. The S fell off his name. And now his name's Paul. That's like talking to Pastor Jason after church and saying, how was church, Jason? Powerful, but my name's now Payson. I've been changed. (laughs) Can you imagine the three of them in heaven? Isaiah, tell us about when God touched it. Oh, it absolutely changed my life. I'm never going to be the same again. I've had a visitation from heaven. And Paul, what about you, Paul? How was it? Oh, man, it was unbelievable. I'm never going to be the same. We're over here. Unbelievable. I'm never going to be the same again. Can I tell you, I, I believe in the God of the Bible, but I also believe his presence is tangible. What does it mean to be tangible? You can perceive it with your senses. You can feel the presence of God. You know, you walked in here today. Maybe you've come from all kinds of impossible situations, but you walked in here. You sense that peace. You sense that rest. You sense that touch of heaven. As the worship team is singing, as pastors sharing, you could sense the goodness of God. What's that? that, that, that that's the anointing of God. That's the, the touch of heaven. And there's no denying that God's in the room because when he walks into the room, everything changes. And, and God does supernatural natural things. I want to I wanna say this before I get into the body of my message, and that is that uh, when I talk about a recognizable condition, the book of Acts talks about how they were looking for some people to help manage this growing church in the book of Acts. And they said, how are we going to handle this thing? And so they said, let's look for men of good report, full of the Holy Ghost. And, and, uh, and you know the thing about that, if being filled with the Spirit is unrecognizable, how would they have been able to recognize those who have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I want to I have a look at some indicators that you're filled with the Spirit. Indicators you're in personal revival. I've got two this morning. I thought for the two of you taking notes, that might be all you can handle with the depth of theology that's been poured forth so far. I don't know why that's funny. In fact, I'm now hurt. Uh, first, I, I want to talk about uh, is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. Can, can I go old school Pentecostal for a minute? Is anyone, go, is anyone happy if we go old school for a minute? See, I was raised old school Pentecostal. My parents are Pentecostal tent revivalists that travel all over Australia holding Holy Spirit meetings. I mean, we've seen all kinds of crazy things. I remember one night in one of the services, there was a big sign on the back of our tent that said Jesus. And one night, a guy came into the meeting who had a demon spirit, and he started going crazy, oh, shaky. And my dad, I don't know why he did it, he said, Sir, in the name that's on that sign, be free. And the sign said, Jesus. Dad didn't even say it. He just said, in the name that's on that sign, the guy gets totally delivered. We drive home. Dad says, I learned two things today, David. I said, what's that? He said, there's power in the name of Jesus. I said, what else? He said, demons can read. (laughs) If I was ever sick on a school day, I never got compassion. I never got Advil or Tylenol. 
or whiskey. I got nothing like that. I never got a day off school. The door would burst open with a bucket of oil, enough to literally drown a kangaroo. Benny Hinn music just starts playing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and praise him, I'm telling you. So he would, they would just glug, 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 oil. And then they'd pray, in the name of Jesus, be healed. It was so violent. I'd go to school, black eye, thick lip, tooth missing, blood nose, but not one flu symptom. And so I was raised in madness, but we saw miracles. We saw blind eyes open. We saw deaf ears hear. We saw people get delivered and set free by the power of God and and lives changed and lives touched by the anointing of heaven. And can I I tell you, in in a place like this, I believe that God wants to touch people with the Spirit of God. I I believe that God wants to fill people with His anointing. And I want to encourage you in this service today to begin to believe God that maybe there's a baptism in the Holy Spirit for you and a fresh touch of God. You know, Jesus talked about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Spirit. He said, go and wait in Jerusalem until you're filled with the Holy Ghost, until you're endued with power from heaven. What was he talking about? He was talking to his disciples about being baptized in with the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you today. Does anyone want the baptism of the Holy Spirit alive in their life? Maybe you were baptized in the Spirit, but there's a fresh anointing today. You know, if you look in the original language, there are two words for baptism in the Bible. There is bapto. And there is baptizo, bapto and baptizo. Now, what's quite powerful about all of that is, you know, we kind of use that term bapto, baptizo, and we interchange them because really the spirit of those words is the same and the, and the heart and the message is the same. But I came across a poem written by an ancient Greek poet in 200 AD, and he wrote this poem on the process of making pickles. Now, I know it's getting weird already. We're now talking about pickles, but I want to explain why it's important. Because he uses the word bapto and baptizo talking about the process of making pickles. Pickles are cucumbers, as you know, that have have been pickled through a process, and so we have pickles. They just form a cucumber. Basically, they're a cucumber that's been saved, baptized in the spirit, baptized in water. Now it's a pickle. Now, I want to show you how that works. So he writes this poem, and he uses the word bapto, and he uses the word baptizo to, to, to draw... A, a little point. And, and I just want to explain how all of that works. So, so he, he, uh, he talks about getting the, getting the cucumber and dipping it in boiling hot water in a process called blanching. And what that does is it softens the skin of the cucumber ready for the next process when it goes into a jar, or as you would say in American, a jar, uh, <laughs> into a jar full of full of other cucumbers and, 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 and vinegar. And what happens is this, this bapto, this dip, so he used the word bapto to describe blanching, which means in and out, and he uses baptizo to describe the process of keeping them remaining in that, in that, in that jar until, until the vinegar breaks through the skin, softens the skin, and the chemical structure of the cucumber changes 
to, to a pickle. So one is called uh, bapto, which is to be dipped and fully immersed. Another is baptizo, which means to be saturated. Often we come to church and we get a bit dipped. But do you know the change takes place when we live in that space of saturation, where we get changed from one thing to another, where we go from being just a, a good old-fashioned cucumber to, 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 to being pickled under the hand of God. I don't know about you, but I want to be pickled. I, I mean, I want to be changed. You know it is scientifically impossible to reverse a pickle back to a cucumber. Once you... Do I have any pickles in the house? There, what about up in the balcony? Are there any pickles up there? Once you've been pickled, you can never go back to being a cucumber. In Australia, if somebody's drunk, and we don't encourage that, but if somebody's drunk, we'll say that bloke is pickled. Paul writes in the Australian version of the Bible, which I'm making up, Paul writes, he says, do not be pickled with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. He's saying, be pickled, but just be pickled with the right stuff. On the day of Pentecost, Peter said they're not drunk as you suppose. In other words, he's saying they're not pickled like you're supposed. Do you know if you get a DUI, you're driving under the influence. All drunkenness is something, it's, it's an influence coming upon your life that controls what you do. So that's why God says be drunk in the spirit. So you're under the influence of him. You're under the influence to be an influence to see the world change by the presence of God. It's an interesting thing. Drunk people, I believe, I believe drunkenness is a counterfeit for what God wants to do. I'm not trying to get Christians to be all weird and feign, you know, all of that stuff. If God wants to touch you, he can touch you. But the, the point that I'm trying to make here is, is that people that are drunk in the natural do some unusual things. And people that are drunk in the spirit, they do holy things. It's wonderful when God touches people. But the point is people drunk in the natural, they do some crazy things. I, need a, I need, wanted to share on things that drunk people do, but I wouldn't know. I'm a good Pentecostal boy. So Pastor Jason sent me an email with a comprehensive list, uh, which, which was very helpful. And, uh, but drunk people do some interesting things. One of the things drunk people do is they become unusually affectionate. Have you ever seen ever been to a family reunion or you've been to a class reunion or you've been somewhere and somebody's just had a little too much to drink and we don't encourage that here at Glad Tidings uh, at all, okay? So just please don't get mad at me or anything like that or don't write Pastor Walter letters saying he advocated drunkenness. It's very naughty. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but if you've ever seen a drunk person, they'll come up to you. I've always loved you, man. <laughs> Mate, I've always loved you. I'm like, but we've never met yet, but I've got a sense. <laughs> That's what people do when they're drunk in the natural. When you're drunk in the spirit of God, overcome with the beauty of God, you love people. You love people more than you could have ever loved them without the presence of God. Another thing that drunk people do is they dance aggressively with no regard for anyone else's personal space. <laughs> you know that guy that just worships a little harder than all of us? His arms are going there, his right leg and his left leg are not in fellowship with each other, they're doing their own thing. <laughs> What's happened? He's been filled with the presence of God. When you're filled with the presence of God, there's just something about God that gets in your soul, man, and you can't help it. You've got to shout a little bit. You know, you get that holy Tourette where you go, hallelujah, where'd that come? And then you're ashamed of yourself. Tabernacle, where did that come from? Do you know, another thing that drunk people do is they convince themselves that karaoke is a good idea. Some of you are laughing a bit too much. Some of you are. <laughs> <laughs> 
But do you know something? When you're filled with the presence of God, you cannot help but sing the praises of your Creator. You cannot help but magnify the Lord on high. You cannot help but praise a name that's above every name. The name that heals cancer. The name that defeats demon spirits. The name that changes one life in a moment of time. I'm telling you something. When you're filled with the power and the presence of God, it's impossible to withhold the praise that's in your heart because you truly understand greater is He who's in me than he that's in the world. If you believe it, can you say hallelujah? If you believe it, can you say our God is an awesome God? <laughs> Baptized in the Spirit. You know something, I, I was preaching a meeting the other day. I had a girl come up to me. This is in Auckland, New Zealand, which I believe is, is one, of, one of the most beautiful places in the world. And I was preaching in this church and this girl comes up to me after the service, and, she, and I, there was about 800 people at this conference. I preached, I'd given my everything, and she says, would you pray for me? I said, sure, what, what's going on? And she says to me, she said, I don't know, I didn't, sorry, I didn't ask her what was going on. I said, sure, I'll pray for you. I put my hand on her shoulder, and I prayed like this, and it was a nice prayer. I said, Lord, bless her, touch her, minister to her in Jesus' name, amen. That's all I said, and I go to walk off, and she says, was that it? I was like, come again? She goes, was that it? I said, what do you mean, was that it? She said, my, parent, my dad has terminal illness. My parents' marriage is over. I have anxiety. I have pain in my life. I've got depression. She said, I came to you in faith, believing that God was going to do something. She said, was that it? I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a practice. I said, you've got to warm up a bit. So I pulled the string. Like the old lawnmower. One more time. And I said to her, in the name of Jesus, you be made whole by the power of God. And she falls out under the power of the Holy Ghost. I was like, was that it? Well, that's it. That'll work. So I get in the car to go home. To the hotel, the Spirit of God speaks to me. He says, David, don't build the kind of church where people come with a need and they leave and they go, was that it? I pray that if you came here today hungry and with a need from heaven, you won't leave here saying, was that it? I pray you leave satisfied. I pray you leave filled and refreshed with the goodness of God. Oh man, I sense his presence in here today. He wants to touch you. He wants to meet you at your point of faith and change your heart and change your life. Let's, let's have a look at one more thought and then, and then uh, we'll close the service. Maybe if uh, my brother playing keys this morning can come because when we hear keys, it's like the seatbelt sign on the airplane. We know that it's coming into land at some point and it buys the preacher a couple of minutes. Third thought, second thought, is that signs and wonders are alive in your life. The book of Mark, or you'd say the book of Mark. <laughs> if you're South African, you'd say the book of Mark. If you're Chinese, you'd say the book of Mark. If you're from Queensland, which is the north of Australia, the book of Mark, bro. If you're from Nebraska, it's the book of Mark. If you're from... <laughs> Ascarbon, 
I don't know what you'd call it. <laughs> the Book of Bob, I don't know. If you're from Alabama, it's the Book of Jim Bob. <laughs> I hope we're still friends, I really do. Some of you are going, who the heck is this person? What's he doing to our church? Pastor Walt just brings random people in every now and then just to remind you of how good you've actually got it. Because you're sitting here going, who is this moron? Where, where did they find him? Yellow pages. Mark says, these signs will follow those that believe. In my name, you'll cast out demons. You'll speak with new tongues. You'll take up serpents. And you'll lay hands on the sick and they will, will recover. Supernatural authority, supernatural power, supernatural protection, supernatural miracles. Being filled with the Spirit. Some people think it's all about speaking in tongues. You've got to speak in tongues, speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Now let me tell you, speaking in tongues is beautiful, it's powerful. I do it every day. I thank God I speak in tongues. Thank God when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, it came with tongues, just like my Nikes. It came with tongues. Just let that settle for a minute. That's some good theology right there, you know. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we think tongues is the end game. We've got to get tongues. We've got to get tongues. Can I tell you, you get tongues and you've got to get tongues. You've got to get that working in your life. But it's not the end. It's not what we're actually after. It's the means. It's the gateway to the supernatural. Speaking in tongues is more the instrument to actually walk in power. It's not the end result of power. It's the, it's the thing that stirs up power. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm not trying to reframe the argument. I believe in speaking in tongues. I believe when you're baptized in the Spirit, you speak in tongues. Some people go, I want to be baptized in the Spirit. Do I have to speak in tongues? You've got to change your have tos to get tos. Do I have to speak in tongues? Forget about asking, do you have to? You should say, do I, I, I get to? It's like when you get saved, do I have to go to heaven? <laughs> the alternative is not good. Uh, do I have to go to heaven? You get to go to heaven. Do I have to be forgiven? You get to be forgiven. Do I have to get my prayers answered? You get to get your prayers answered. Do I get to be delivered from guilt and shame and pain? and bro No, you, you get to. The power of the Spirit, the gifts of God. We've got to lose the have-tos. And realize it's a get to. I get to delight in my Savior, who is so good who is so beautiful, who is so wonderful. That's the power of the Spirit of God. I just really feel led to just move in a fractionally different direction than I have the last two services. In the closing minutes of this meeting, I would love it if you would bow in prayer for one moment. Because I just feel the leading of the Spirit that there's people here and you don't know Jesus Christ. You don't know what it is to have a personal, living, vibrant relationship with God. And maybe you've come to church here today for whatever reason. You know, it occurs to me that this church is very close to a hospital. And maybe there's people that have driven past here because you've had to go to places like that for impossible circumstances. And just it's stuck in your mind that maybe 
You need to come here to get things right. Maybe that's the reason. Maybe you've come here today because a friend brought you and, uh, and, and, and said you need to come to church today. Maybe you came to church today because you've known about God. You've known God. Maybe you've walked away from God or maybe for whatever reason you just knew something compelled you to be in the house of God and you decided to come and, and, and you know you need to get your heart right with God. I'm talking to people on the floor up in the balcony. Maybe, maybe there's those watching in a mother's room or a parent's room somewhere. I just want to ask you a question. How's the condition of your heart? Do you know Jesus? Are you walking with Christ? Are you born again? If you were to pass from this life right now, would you spend eternity with Jesus in heaven? Maybe you're here today and you've walked with God, but you know you've grown cold in your salvation and you're, you're really living in a space where there's distance between you and God and you know that and you know you're not right with God. I'm not asking you right now to join the church. However, this is a great church and if I lived in Omaha, I'd come here for sure. I'm actually asking you something different. Would you join the family of God? Maybe you don't know what it's like to have your sins forgiven. Maybe you're sitting in this room today and you're carrying guilt and shame for whatever reason. Do you know in a moment of time, God can take that? You know the word condemnation, which is what a lot of people feel. The word condemned, if you condemn a building, it means it's not fit for future use. Not fit for use at all. Maybe you feel condemned, not suitable for use. You feel like you're done. Can I tell you today, God loves every person in this house. Jesus Christ died for every person in this room. Whether you're on the floor, whether you're upstairs to my right and my left, can I ask you, every person, just before we slip out, and I know the meeting's very close to done, but would you bow your heads, every person, for one moment? You might be completely fine with God, and this is not about you, and, and so you're not, maybe you don't feel engaged in this, but, but it's so important for other people. So maybe if there's some believers in the house that just under their breath and quietly would just join in prayer and believe God for a harvest today. Well, heads about and eyes are closed. If you'd say, David, I need to surrender my life to Jesus right now. I need to give my heart to Christ. I need to be born again by the Spirit of God. I need to be washed clean from sin. I want to get my heart right with Jesus. If you're in this house today and you'd say, David, you're talking to me. Well, heads about and eyes are closed. I'm not going to embarrass any person, but would you give me a wave so I can see who you are? I want to know who I'm praying for this morning. God bless you down here, sir. Is there anyone else in the balcony? I see your hand. Over here to my left, I see your hand. Back there, I see your hand. Once I've seen it, you can put it down. Back there, back there. Is there anyone else? Back there, sir. Thank you so much, ma'am. Back at the back. Over there, I see your hand. Is there anyone else? Two hands in the back. Right here, sir. I see your hand. Up there, God bless you. Up here, God bless you. God bless you, sir. Is there anyone else that would say, David, I need to give my heart to Jesus. God bless you to my left, sir. You can put your hand down. Up there, sir. I see your hand. Is there anyone else that would respond? Down here, I see your hands. Fantastic. It's awesome. Is there anyone else that would respond today? Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank Thank you back there. Thank you over here. Are there anyone else that would say, David, God bless you back there. Just if, you, if that's you, I don't want to I don't want to drag it out, but I see hands going up. It's awesome. If you want to give your heart to Christ quickly, just slip it up so I can see who you are. If you already have, you don't need to do it again. Fantastic. I'm so proud of you. Fantastic. So can I ask everyone to do something for a minute? This is really the most important moment in any church service that you could ever attend. And I'm asking no one leave the auditorium just for two more minutes. But can we all just stand for one moment? Let's not talk to our neighbor. Let's just stand in the presence of God. Every person, every person. This is what I'm gonna ask you to do. If you raise your hand to accept Jesus or to get your life right with God, there's just so many of you that lifted your hand. It would be impossible for me to just 
walk to every person and, and talk to you individually where you're at. And so what I was going to ask, and maybe if the rest of the praise team, or if, if we'll just sing, uh, we'll sing uh, overflow in this place. But, but, but if, if you lifted your hand, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I know one thing about Americans. They're not like the British. They're not like the Aussies. Aussies are a bit, they can be a bit timid. They can be a bit shy and reserved, believe it or not. The British can be like that too. One thing about Americans, when it comes to things, you take a stand. I've seen you do it. That's why you're the most powerful country in the world. There's something about America that's just got courage. You're like, yeah, we're up for something, you know. And that's why I know whenever we do altar calls, it's amazing in Australia, people put their hand up and then they get so nervous about stepping out of their seats. Americans are like, yeah, let's get her done, you know. <laughs> This is what I'm going to ask you to do. If you raise your hand, would you, as a worship team, lead us in a song? The church are going to worship God. We're not going to be watching every move you make in any way whatsoever. But I'm going to ask, as we start worshiping, uh, if you would take a second, slip out of your seat, just come. You can just stand right here. You don't have to do anything else. Just stand. Face me here at the front. We're going to lead you in a prayer, and uh, we're going to believe God's saving grace is going to flood your life. Come on, let's just worship the Lord. Just step out of your seat. Come. God bless you. Come to Jesus. All over this house, just come. We'll wait for you in the balcony. Just come. Just come. Just come. God bless you, sir. Just come. Just come. Come in the middle. We'll, we'll get in tight here. Come on, church. Give Jesus a mighty shout of praise. If you lifted your hand, just come. There were hands that went up. Come on, come to Christ. Come to Christ. We love you. Jesus loves you. He cares about you. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Come on, somebody. Let's make some noise for the King of Kings. Just come. Just come. Just come. Just come. Just come. Just come. Guys, just come in a little bit. Pastor Walt, I'll get you to go from here. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a mighty shout of praise in here for people. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you came today? Yeah. Aren't you glad David came today? Yeah. Pastor David, thank you.